following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Climbing to the Batista. All aboard. We're going to the lake. Yeah, so that's that's where we're at now. That's Episode 91. Damn, that's scary. All right, man. So I've got good news and I've got bad news. What do you want to hear first? Ah, geez. You know what? Just band-aid me. Give me the bad news. Well, I'd rather give you the good news first. Give me the good news first. Yay! Well, the good news is the studio executives telling us we're doing a bang-up job. The numbers are up. The fucking, the listeners are just rolling in. Our podcast is killing it month yeah, by month. Yeah, you know, our producer actually said we're the Wayne's World of Horror Podcasting. <laughs> oh, I could, oh, okay. We've been called the podcast on the BICB the network with most room for improvement. And I take that as a compliment. Number one search, baby. Yeah, but it turns out there's also bad news. We're too good at it. Well, true as that may be, I don't know how to say this. We're uh, we're also being replaced by an AI. What? Artificial intelligence, my friend. No. Yeah, top men have plugged all 90-something of our episodes into an algorithm and I got to tell you, they've really got our number. They got our shit figured out. They're just going to automate our episodes from here on out. Oh, God. I Somehow I knew this was going to be the case. Oh, it is the wave of the future. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. The crazy thing is, they've actually uh, they've given this AI a name. What's the name? Well, you're ready. You're bracing yourself. I'm holding on to your tight. It's Michael Richards. What? Damn, that's Kramer? Oh, my God. TV's lovable 90s Kramer. Hello, hi. He could do no wrong. That's interesting. You know, he kind of perfectly encapsulates all of our values, our morals, and our complete sense of humor. What do you mean? He absolutely does. I I mean, I, I can't wait to hear this. It is time for us to bow out and just let this happen. To be fair, it does give us a little bit of a break. I think we can all use it after the the stress that has been uh, this year's bummer fiesta. Well, sounds like things are progressing. Oh, my God. And I've been having so much fun. We need a new format. Yeah. We should shut down and retool. Mm. He's had some pretty... uh... Nasty things to some Afro-Americans. Okay, okay, Uh, all right, Kramer. Well, that's a little much. Do the higher-ups know what he's saying? It's a new format. I feel like they advocate this kind of shit. Shut up! Oh! Oh! Oh my God! Oh! Okay, wait, what? All right, Kramer, that's it. No, stop it! Stop it! Well, I've heard enough. You can talk, you can talk, you can talk your brain down. Yeah, we can talk. You can talk. Oh, 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 that's enough. You
Stop laughing. Not funny. Hey, everybody. Hey. We're. We're. Damn. That's scary. Holy fucking shit. Did we do that right for once? I think we did, Greg. Honestly, I think we should retire after that. Well, yeah. I'll pretend I didn't hear that. My name is Micah. I am coming out of Reno, Nevada. And over there in Buffalo, New York, is my illustrious, handsome face, sweet boy co-host. Greg, say hi to everybody. I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. I've got my tent in my hand. And a gleam in my eye. It's crazy to think that Michelle Pfeiffer wrote that song. You know, to be honest, I'm really, uh, I'm doing everything just to confuse the AI at this point. Oh, the AI is very confused. It's not going to have that on the show. It's going to have like uh, Dirks Bentley. I've been told if you plug in too much rap, at some point it's going to get racist. So I'm going to pull it back a little bit. I've heard that. Yeah, I don't want to lose that record contract. Oh, I guess you got me there. No, we can't, especially with Capital. Mm-mm. You're absolutely right. Oh, man, I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Greg, how you been? The same. That's good. That's good. You watch anything new? Anything good? No. Oh. So much of my personality is based on consistency. I did watch a bunch of trailers, though. Yay! Would you like to hear about them? I would love to. Well, the first one is called The Lake. The Lake. <laughs> and this film basically is Godzilla meets Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. If Tokyo was a small fishing village and the T-Rex had gills. All right. Yeah. So if you check out this trailer, it is filled with a bunch of CG, which mm-hmm. I mean, it's fine. It's going to happen. But if you think about it, Go back to the movie The Host. We all love that movie, right? You remember The Host? Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like this is a mix of The Host meets Godzilla. If you're a fan of Asian fish monsters, this is going to be right up your alley. Some people have a fetish for that shit, Greg. What are you, my dad? Yeah, throw in a couple of tentacles. Oh, yeah, Philip the Batista. All aboard. We're going to Squid Town. We're going to the lake. So apparently this was released in Thailand last week, uh, August 18th. Uh, however, there is no release date set for here in the States. But hopefully we get it soon because I am salivating at this shit. It looks so goddamn good. I love a good creature feature. I love Thailand horror. And you put them together. Bingo, bamo, wamble, flammo. Bingo, bamo, wamble, flammo. I'm going to come all over this. You're going to be calling me Cumzilla. It's the frustration that makes it so satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Really went for it on that one. (laughs) So next up, we have a little film called All Eyes. Oh, that that Tupac, right? It's a Brothers Greenleaf film. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, by Tupac. Yeah, the, the rap artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's still alive. He made this movie. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, before an AI took over his career and uh, got overly racist and got canceled. You cheap mother 
Speaking of overly racist podcast hosts, check out Slashers. They're giving out free t-shirts. <laughs> oh boy, Greg, I don't know if you read the synopsis for All Eyes, but uh, since we're being replaced, apparently uh, the poor gentleman in this movie was too. A yep. recently fired podcast host comes across a story that he feels could revitalize his career. Sounds the familiar. story. A recently widowed farmer claims there is a monster living in the woods behind his fucking farm. Mm. The plan, trap and kill the beast. This is basically hunting Bigfoot, but Bigfoot is Godzilla and it takes place in a redneck gentleman's backyard. This looks like it's going to suck. It's two guys searching for a monster in the woods. Just exploring each other in a tent. Do you think that in search for the monster, they're going to find something that they weren't expecting, and that's true love? They're going to uncover hidden feelings. Oh, no, definitely. It's basically going to be Brokeback Mountain 2, electric buggeroo. Just terrible. Yeah, a lot of buggering going on there. Check out All Eyes. It's arriving in theaters September 2nd and uh, also on demand September 2nd. It's a Gravitas Ventures movie, but it it looks okay. I just don't think this is going to be anything spectacular. September is a month for lovers. You heard it here first. Yeah. So moving on, let's talk about a film called Mona Lisa and the blood moon yeah let's do that would you like to do that can we do that yeah let's do that okay this is akira but it's set in new orleans and everything is neon because the 80s are so in right now see that's weird because i thought the 90s were in right now yeah it's all in right now everything's in right now everything except the 2000s the 2010s and the 2020s yeah, but you know, like in like five, ten more years from now, we're going to get that movie where it's going to be like a bunch of kids rocking out to Nickelback. They're all going to so- be waxing poetic about Hinder. Oh, God. <laughs> Anna Lily Ampapore, who's a breakout director who made the film A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah, so, you know, she has, like, a unique vision on shit. Sure. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be a, a little bit of a supernatural movie there. Like you said, everything's neon, everything's 80s, blah, 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 blah. This will be in theaters and on demand September 30th. September is a month for lovers. Yay! You know, I've heard that. Yeah, I think the AI programmed that into my brain. I'm not even sure what I mean by that. Hey, do you think we're all in the Matrix right now? <laughs> Sucking protein through a proboscis? See, I don't like talking about this stuff because I ate mushrooms about an hour ago and I'm like, maybe? Oh, well, that certainly explains the hat. Yes, it does. Oh, it looks good on you, though. And why I forgot to put pants on. I've been meaning to ask you to move the camera up just a bit this whole time. Nope. Okay. Well, our next trailer is called My Best Friend's Exorcism. My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah, and uh, this is yet another trailer that uses I Think We're Alone Now as the theme song. Just slowed down, a little more dramatic, and I gotta tell you, this trend is really starting to piss me off. You fucking hold up, hold up. Well, then, there, motherfuckers! Whoa, settle down there, Billy Zane, because... 
I'm with you on that, but I kind of dug it on this one. Did you know? I'm a uh, I'm a huge mark for Tiffany. Okay. And uh, I'm a huge mark for that song. I think we're alone now. Yeah, it's probably the best version. I saw Tiffany in concert. I bet you did. She opened up for New Kids. Which New Kids? On the block. Oh. Anyway, this is Evil Dead meets Fear Street 1994. And uh, I'm kind of torn. I'm not sure if I want to see this or not. Oh, I want to see this. Oh, do you? Is is Tiffany going to be in it? I hope. Yeah, so little synopsis here. Surviving the teenage years isn't easy, especially when you're possessed by a demon. It's 1988. You got two fucking friends, all the pop culture bullshit. But then uh, things go away. They go into a place where a girl was sacrificed to Satan. And one of the friends gets possessed. And guess what, Greg? Greg. We need ourselves a motherfucking exorcism here. This is exciting because it's not going to be anything like Stranger Things or It, or Stand By Me, or Monster Squad, or the new Ghostbusters remake, the Halloween store, it's sure to be a winner. We talked about another one a, a month ago with with kids in it, and they lure people into this house where there's a monster. Fat Albert and the Cosby kids. I see what you're getting at. Um, and, uh, oh, fuck, Greg. What what the issue is, is for me, is when Terrifier came out, and we're going to talk about Terrifier 2 in a minute. Uh-huh. When Terrifier came out, I was uh, very excited. It, not just Terrifier. Terrifier, but Halloween, the 2018 Halloween. Oh. I thought the new horror trope, not new, but... Let's go while we're young. The new trend in horror was going to be an onslaught of slasher movies. Yeah, I love slasher. Slashers, by far, is my absolute favorite subgenre in horror. My favorite podcast. I just wish they weren't so fucking racist. Hey, man, you got that shirt, right? Yeah, but I have to put black tape over one of the words, and honestly, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> they don't let me wear it to school anymore. Shut up! Yeah, so I thought that slashers were going to be huge. Instead, we got little kid horror. Well, I know you're a huge fan of that. Regardless, I think you would. No, I'm a huge fan of little kid horror. No, 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 no. It's like a lemonade stand. They just don't know what to charge. (laughs) (laughs) 15 cents for a blow. Yeah, so September 30th, in theaters, on demand. Super pumped about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know my co-host isn't because he is way too nihilist for that shit, but I love I it. so don't care. I know. I know. You still won't watch Stranger Things. Nope. Not going to happen. It, fucking watch it. No, I heard it was bad. Asshole. <laughs> but on a better note, did you see yeah. that Terrifier 2 trailer? I know you're a fan. Oh my god, are you joking my ass? I saw it about five fucking times. Maybe a little. Art the Clown is back. We need art now more than ever before. That's right. Put the art back in fart. By which I mean, 
trashy horror. Trashy horror to the absolute fucking max. David Howard Thornton returns as Art the Clown. He is resurrected by a sinister being a year later and begins to hunt for two unsuspecting... Hold hold, hold on a second. Could this be the Killjoy crossover that we've all been waiting for? You think Killjoy is the one that resurrects Art the Clown? I mean, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm kind of hoping... Wow, that's fun. I like that a lot. Yeah, be like Freddy versus Jason, but it's all clowns all the time. So you got Art the Clown mm-hmm. versus Killjoy. Yep. And then at the, the post credit scene, Pennywise shows up. Pennywise rises out of a lake, and it is a Juggalo's wet tree. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yeah, fucking uh, Jay and Violent Bob. Also pop in on a boat or something, and they, they're rowing across with machetes just in their hands. spraying like, It'll Shasta awesome. everywhere, just spraying each other down with Shasta. Yeah, it's it's the poor man's pop. Uh, and in the midst of the Shasta spray. Uh, the, the, at the, the Shasta gather- shower, so to speak. The Shasta shower, Shasta Armageddon. Wow. Uh, and, and the UFO comes down, and then you got the killer clowns from outer space. Yeah, just everybody just starts eating cotton candy with their mouths. Yeah, because cotton candy don't get wet until it's in your mouth. Or your butt. That's I ate twist. so much cotton candy, I got pink eye. That's the big Shyamalan twist at the end of this one. We'll just we'll call it pink eye. Dave Batista was cotton candy the whole time. <laughs> Terrifier too. Uh of course you guys are listening, you're horror fans. Uh you saw the trailer for it. Expect for this to be released in theaters October 6th. I will be there opening fucking night. We will give a fucking spoiler-free review on this shit. I cannot fucking wait. And bring your eye drops to the theater because this one is gonna give you pink eye. It's gonna be a real tearjerker. Mm. So that's it. Uh, uh, for, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's one other trailer, Greg. How about that little teaser? For David Bruckner's Hellraiser. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Oh, man. And we get a little shot of uh, our new pinhead, Jamie Clayton. Finally, after all these fucking years, 36 fucking years, we finally have a fuckable pinhead. That's like my whole life's been. I've been waiting since I was one. I mean, we've we've had a fuckable butterball all this time. And let me tell you something, it's been really difficult to jerk off to Hellraiser until uh, pretty much this year. I am really stoked for this. I'm not saying impossible, I'm just saying difficult. Oh, no, no, no. If there's a will, there's a way. You can grind it out. Because I respect that grind. I just love a good butterball. I'm not going to lie. I love butterball so much. All doughy and greasy and Daniel day Lewisy. I would love it if they got Daniel Day-Lewis to play that role in the new uh, the new Hellraiser series or movie. Either oh, did role. you know Christian Bale's actually playing Butterball in the new one? Where are all the other Xenobites going? <laughs> oh, Greg. Swear to me. This is for you, baby. You're not going to do an impression? Oh, God. It's just so... <laughs> you, you know what? Make the fucking AI podcast bot. Damn, that's Kramer do it. Well, do you want to run that risk? It's it's going to contain the N-word. Well, yeah, then he'll get canceled. We'll get our jobs back. Oh, I see where you're going with this. All right, Kramer. Yeah. Mr. Richards, why don't you take this one away? 
Hey, I'm getting a vibe here. What, are you unhappy with our arrangement? Um, we had a verbal contract. We can't take each other at our word. All is lost. God damn it. Alright. Okay, never mind. Bad idea. Oh, Bad oh, idea. Oh, 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 God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, okay. uh, moving on. Moving on. Oh. Yeah, I am Batman. The director of Constantine and writer for Logan joined for Netflix's Bioshock adaptation. Holy shit. I can't wait for this one. That's right. We are getting Michael Green, who wrote Logan and Blade Runner 2049, to pen the production for Netflix's Bioshock. This could not be in better hands. I mean, it could be. The guy also directed I Am Legend. Yeah, but I mean, Blade Runner was pretty good and uh, Logan was competent. Oh, Logan was great. Are you a fan of Bioshock? Because I, I think this guy could really handle it. Mainly the first the first two games. Oh, the first one's the best. Oh, the first one is just phenomenal. What was the doctor's name in that? Oh, it was uh, Michael Richard. Oh, no, 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 no. There is no release date for this yet. It's all pre-production right now, but this is very exciting news. This might be one of the more atmospheric uh, universes ever created. A steampunk paradise turned to shit. Uh, with diving suits and little kids possessed by the power of the sea slug. What more could you ask for? I'm just looking forward to seeing Big Daddy. What are you, my dad? You mean the guy from The People Under the Stairs? Yes. Yeah, I think he's doing a cameo in this. Absolutely. Played by Michael Richards. May they burn in hell. Kill him, Kill him. You're absolutely right. So, uh, you love Mad Max Fury Road, right? Of course. There are pictures out. Furiosa, the prequel to Mad Max Fury Road, is in production. And there's mm-hmm. a couple pictures, and you can see the bad guy in it, the main big bad guy, who's played by Chris Hemsworth. Oh, good. Whose name is Wardlord Dementus. Wardlord Dementus. I mean, that's... In keeping with the theme, I'd say. Yeah, he's got a big old gray beard and a huge dick. Yeah, and probably some kind of skull on his head. Uh, giant car with flames shooting out of it. Fucking exposed engine. Yeah, it's a monster truck. Yeah, monster truck, big rig, pulling all kinds of shit. We love the Mad Max franchise here on DTS. I think that's an official opinion. Oh, that's, it's, that's, yeah, absolutely. And what would really make my day is if he had some kind of sidekick or stepson or just hulking brute of a fucking assistant played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Nathan Jones was in Fury Road, right? He was, and he fucking killed it. Uh, he got bored in it, though. I had a little baby brother! He you was perfect me. in every way! In every way! Perfect in every way! All right, stop, collaborate, and listen, what? Oh, he's so good. I would rock nathan jones in my arms and breastfeed him i would watch the movie all eyes with nathan jones and i would share one of those double theater seats with him and we would just relive the plot as if we were uh hunting bigfoot together if i was gonna go bigfoot hunting i would want nathan jones with me because i feel like the bigfoot would be attracted to his his shaved ape physique and that would give me an opportunity to either trap or kill it have you ever read 
Bigfoot fan fiction erotica? No, but I've heard things. Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, it's hot. You've got that thousand-yard stare like you've read some, some Bigfoot erotica. Oh, yeah. Of course I have. Of course. Of course. Can I There's ask you one the where... obvious question? Yeah. What's the dick like? It's really big, covered in hair. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Let's move right on to the news, my friend. All right, my man, Danny Houston, who's famous for being Angelica Houston's brother, has joined the cast of the Crow reboot. Oh, good. Yeah, apparently Danny Houston is going to be playing the bad guy in this movie, and uh, hopefully he has the billing of top dollar. Who's playing the crow? Uh, Skarsgård, the guy who played it, Pennywise. Are there any photos released yet of this, or do we have a uh, do we have some production shots? No, no production shots yet. To be honest, I don't really care that much about the crow if Iggy Pop isn't involved. I like the one with Ed Furlong. Controversial opinion: The Crow Two is the best crow. <laughs> I can, oh, okay. Do you remember the television series City of Angels? Is that what it was called? I think. Okay. I could have sworn City of Angels was the sequel. There's a show called it. The Crows. The Crowed? Counting Crows. And I'm pretty sure Joey Lawrence played the lead in that one. (laughs) It it didn't quite last a full season. Hey, buddy, your favorite show, Resident Evil, has been canceled. Well, who saw that one coming? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That movie's that show is done. It's over. Fuck it. Hey, right, well, sayonara, umbrella. I guess that's the end of that, huh? Excellent. Oh, dude, we got some real good news here. Resident Evil's canceled. So I don't know if he's trolling us or if this is legit or what, but apparently Sean Cunningham okay. of Friday the 13th. Not on his Twitter, not on Instagram, not on Facebook, but on his fucking cameo. His fucking cameo. His fucking cameo. Okay, what did he do? He teased that there will be a new Friday the 13th coming out next year. So somebody paid him for a cameo and he dropped that news uh, just to like a single fan? Yeah, but apparently it fucking blew up now. Well, you know what? feel like that's more trustworthy than any twitter post because that was meant to be a secret but it's not so you think he kind of did like a whole like hey brad happy birthday uh this is between us okay yeah it's gonna be so, a new friday the 13th don't, don't say anything I'm, I'm only telling you this because uh you're <laughs> you have cancer and you're on your death <laughs> it's not funny it's not oh, i know make a wish kid i know you made a wish and the one thing you wanted was a Friday the 13th sequel. So, uh, you know, he might actually be lying now that I'm thinking about it. You know, Brad is just like, <coughs> yeah, I just wanted John Cena. Yeah, fucking Stevie Cunningham might have lied to a terminal child just to make him feel better. And now what we've got is like a, a rumor of a new Friday the 13th sequel. Until Warner Brothers Pictures announces this officially, I'm going to remain skeptical. Asshole. Hey, Brad, guess what? There's going to be a new Friday the 13th coming out next year. Also, they're working on a cure. Too bad you'll be dead. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, hey, in the you... meantime, uh, there's a new Crow sequel coming out in September. I heard it's the month of lovers. Beep! <laughs> and I'm dead. Yay! Well, Greg, before we get into the movie of the week, concluding Fummer Werewolf Full Moon Fiesta. Is this the last one? Is it? I mean, it sounds like that's what you're getting at. Wait a minute. It's still summer. Bummer. We, it's still summer. You know what? We got one more week of this. Okay. That seems in keeping with our usual style. Yeah. We'll yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to move on. Maybe. Because summer will be behind us. Sure. Well, Greg, before we get to the movie, yep. it is time to apologize. Ah, that's good. Okay. Yes, I'm afraid so. Here we go. And as per tradition, I'll go first. Good. Now, uh, the Apology Corner is something that we started doing when Greg came on the show back in episode 16, uh, where Greg blatantly lied and filled us full of bullshit from Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. It became necessary to create a whole new segment on the show. Yes, continue. Yeah, yeah, where we right our wrongs and just correct all our fuck-ups and everything. Mm. Well, normally... I would listen to the episode and go, oh shit, I fucked this up, or oh shit, I was too harsh on this. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode yet, and I was so drunk, I don't remember what I was talking about. Kind of rude, really, if you ask me. Well, yeah, sorry. This is why Michael Richards is taking our fucking spot. <laughs> I, I took it badly and went into a, a rage, and uh, a lot of trash talk and uh i'm uh, i'm not doing too good yeah. so through uh through text message greg and i were communicating with each other mm -hmm. and i said i don't have an apology greg edits our shows together and does an amazing job at it and said apologize to mario batali for insinuating that he was involved in criminal activity and shoddy cinematography. And this is the quote I said. This looks like it was shot on Mario Batelli's iPhone 5. I don't really remember what that was in regards to, but... You did say that. I feel the need to tell my co-hosts this, is that Mario Batelli is, in fact, a fucking rapist. No. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe that. Have you seen his little wooden shoes? I've seen those clogs. Yeah. That was the only thing he was clogging. Oh. Well, the next thing you're going to tell me is that Jared Fogle was kind of a rapist. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. All right, well, uh, the next thing you're going to tell me, Ron Jeremy's a rapist. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in prison. Okay, oh, all right, bad example. Uh, the next thing you're going to tell me is Kobe Bryant is a rapist. Yeah, yeah. Fuck! He raped a helicopter. Uh, Mike Tyson? Yep. Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. Shit. The next thing you're going to tell me is that Harvey Weinstein is a rapist. I, no, I think he's fine. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in closing, I don't really have an apology this week. Well, that completely defeats the purpose of the apology corner. I am Okay, shut the fuck up. Enough of this. I have an apology, and it's to William Jefferson Neisterman, a.k.a. 
Bill Nye, the science guy. Last episode, I made some bold statements about the size and shape of your head and the phrenological implications of your lumpy, bulging skull. I have no reason to believe that you may or may not be partial to the flavor of ass. And my credentials on the subject are greatly exaggerated, to say the least. Your predisposition for tossing the salad has nothing to do with the dimensions of your cranium, and I am in no way qualified to confirm or deny the origin of your butt-hungry nature. So, for that, I am sorry. Bill Nye. Thank you. If you put a wig on Bill Nye and some John Lennon glasses, he's Howard Stern. Yeah, butt-munch and Howard Stern. I have a feeling Bill Nye and Howard Stern are actually the same person. Well, put both of them in a room and see which one starts munching. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> Bill Nye does not eat ass. Or he does. I'm not actually sure what I was getting at here. I think in this day and age, you want to eat ass. You want to eat ass? I eat ass. Yeah. I don't want to eat ass. You don't? I don't prefer the flavor. Well, it depends on what they ate. Yeah, see, I don't trust those odds. <laughs> hey, I know what you eat. What are you, my dad? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ever eat ass? Yes, once. That's how I ended up in this wheelchair. All right, so here we go with the possible conclusion to the 2022 full moon bummer fiesta yes that's right where we are just throwing spaghetti at the wall seeing with sticks between werewolves and full moon features oh a fine spaghetti. this week we decided to uh marinate our balls in full moon features a nice david decat to marinara that's right with 1987's creepazoids aka the bastard love child of roger corman and charles band starring one linnea quigley oh, yeah. do you know it was originally titled mutant spawn 2000 oh thank god also i love that there was like a sequel plan for this but it just never came to for through it for through it for, for for fruition here I can't imagine how you would make a sequel to this considering they couldn't even make a full hour and a half movie out of this. The movie takes place in 1998, 10 years after a bunch of bullshit happens to Earth. It's where... like 72 minutes long. It's like an hour long. It's like 50 minutes long. And this movie is like a SpongeBob SquarePants episode length long. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes. It's like an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, like 11 minutes. Yeah, basically. But it's, it's like it's, six minutes and nine seconds long. 69, dudes! So I feel like a lot of stuff actually got cut from the movie because it's only 69 minutes long. <laughs> Linnea Quigley actually told Fangoria Magazine that there were supposed to be more sexual scenes with her in the film involving her and this monster that's in the movie, which would be the result of her getting impregnated by it. Would have satisfied a lot of the Japanese fans of the old David Dicato. <laughs> Would have satisfied more fans of Roger Corbin's Forbidden Planet. 
oh yeah, this basically is that, but not as good. Well, Greg, Craig. we'll fill in the gaps while we're reviewing this movie. I want to get to my favorite part of the show, oh. our ragtag list of characters. Okay, fuckface. Our first character is, of course, the beautiful Linnea Quigley playing a character that I like to call trash. Yeah, it's trash. It's trash. It's definitely it's, trash. It's, it's totally trash. She is a sexy streetwise wasteland vixen. She's cautious. She's clever. She's never too busy to shower, hates rats, and loves inappropriately timed sex. Inappropriately timed sex, Greg? About 50% of the plot is uh, this character banging in a shower. I'd say about two-thirds of the movie is trash banging in the shower. Like uh, 66 or so percent? 69 69 so our next character i called boss man he is a courageous leader a military deserter he's tough but fair he's pointlessly valiant a man of action and a total narcoleptic yeah this is uh michael aranda uh this is really his main role he's well, in a good movie for him. yeah he's in a movie called el chupacabra Oh, the Which, Chupacabra. Uh, he plays Judas in a recreation scene on the History Channel. In the Mel Gibson classic, The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Judas be my guy. <laughs> Chris Jericho wrote the soundtrack. <laughs> and then we have Poindexter. He is a four-eyed nerd, a computer hacker, he is a bursitis-fueled meteorologist, and he is so lame that even smoking can't make him look cool. Yeah, he is pretty lame. Nerd! He's also in a movie called uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think I've heard of that somewhere. Was that a uh, Doug Spielberg production? Uh, Clint. Cunt. Cunt. And then there's Butch, who is a strong-willed rookie, a muscle-bound hard-ass, he's dumb but tough, he's got abs of steel, and he is a true post-apocalyptic coxman. Quite the coxman indeed. This is Ken Abraham, who you could see his valiant bush of justice. Ken Abraham Lincoln, because he's laying down logs. It's funny because he also plays Butchie, in NYPD Blue. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Did you? No. He is also the editor on the Jersey Shore show. Well, I feel like he probably did a good job at that. I mean, he looks like he's from Jersey. I don't really know how to gauge that. Is it, was the editing okay on that show, or was it... Oh, it's uh... fucking great. Yeah? How Dude, do you know? Jersey Shore was phenomenal. Was it? I was a huge fan of Jersey Shore. I hated it until I actually started watching it. And then I realized, holy fuck, this is great. You know what? The hat's a little creepy now. Where the fuck did it go, by the way? What are you doing? I started sweating. You son of a bitch. Hey, where's your hat? The last character's name is Kate. And she is the other girl who isn't Linnea Quigley. So who actually cares? Yeah, she's the one that doesn't show her boobs. Until much later in her career. Yeah, where she, uh, wait, she does? Legend states 
that she was originally supposed to play the part, filled by Linnea Quigley, but she was a little squeamish about the nude roles. Instead, Linnea took over, but ironically, young Kate, whatever the fuck her name is, went on to become a terrible amateur porn star. Terrible, you say? I read that on the Internet Movie Database. Is that what that stands for? All right, let's get into uh, the Canadian son of a bitch's David Dicktow's masterpiece, which is... Creepazoid. Creepazoid. 1987. Okay, here we go. We're going to talk about the plot now. All right, let's go right away. You get that beautiful, beautiful logo of Full Moon Pictures. Always great. And we jump right into a science doctor who is fucking around with a fish tank in her laboratory. I love that they just kind of throw a bunch of shit together and be like, this is science-y. Yeah, I I, I think I saw a scale in the background. This is like a physical doctor's lab. I saw some test tubes. I saw a penis pump. There was a chalkboard, a Bunsen burner. So one of those things that measures the shape and uh, bumpitude of your skull. A phrenologist's prism, I think they call it. There was a lot of shit that reminded me of the laboratory from Astro Zombies. Naturally, she hears an ominous noise from outside. Something is scratching on the door, so she casually investigates, and she's quickly and effectively a board. So she's fucking dead forever. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Uh, we get to our title screen. How about we do it together? Because we're really good at this. On three. One. One. Two. two three. Three. It's 1998. Six, six years, years after, after China and Russia team up to nuke nuclear the out of the United Earth States. Earth is now a black and husk. Earth is a black planet. and husk. Tiny clusters, Tiny clusters of survivors. Of survivors Eek out of miserable, miserable existence, existence in the ruins, in the ruins of, of the cities. cities. And bands of deserters roam are the menaced by both mutants and nomads. Fighting for a mutant and seeking from deadly acid rains. The apocalypse is now. That's pretty fucking good. I think uh, we're getting the hang of this. I like that they said Earth is a husk of a planet. You know, you noticed that. I did like that. It was, it was also my favorite part of the opening It's my favorite part of the movie. So our band of surviving heroes explores the urban wasteland dressed like they just raided an army surplus store. And I have to say this entire intro where they're just fucking around on train tracks and walking between burnt out buildings. It's giving me some serious return to the living dead vibes. Man, what a hideous, ugly place. I like it. It's a statement. Come on, let's go get the prick. No, I'm not. It might freak out his boss. Well, that's not nice. Yeah, what does he think we are? Weird or something? I got that too. Yeah. I also got a little bit of a Slime City Massacre vibes. It's, it's the soundtrack, I think. Oh my God. So there it is right there, my man. I'm listening to this. I'm uh, checking out the opening credits and I'm like, God damn. This uh, this soundtrack is phenomenal. And then it pops up. Who does the soundtrack for it? But none other than Big Dick Energy Guy Moon. The Guy Moon? Guy Moon who worked on the Fairly Odd Parents, Brady Bunch, Fairly Odd Parents, Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl, Bolarama, uh-huh. The Howling, 
fairly odd parents. Yep. Fucking I. Ah, fairly odd parents. God, so many fucking great movies. But as a special note, I have to say, before we really get into the plot here, uh, when the bombs dropped, the radiation must have obliterated all of the braziers on Earth because the future sure is nipply. Oh, you noticed that? It's like an alien movie starring Ellen Nipley up in here. So we got our group of mercenaries. As Greg said, they're walking through train tracks. They're walking through rubble. And they stop to have themselves a little sit. And Butch is all like, hey, why are we stopping here? I'm walking here. Now they stop for a break to show off their army surplus canteens. When Poindexter uses his spider sense to point out that it's about to rain. Yeah, he pulls out his weather weenie, points it at the sky, and goes, rain's a-coming. And then the camera pans over to the giant clouds on the horizon, and we realize Poindexter is a little bit of a jackass. So everyone heads inside before they get melted by acid rain, and they decide to recon the premises, searching for signs of life. I like how easy it was for them to get inside this bunker. And I like the fact that they didn't even show them getting inside the bunker. They just ended up inside of it. It's the future, you know? So this is the only exterior shot of the movie, which is clearly like behind a Walmart. Legend says that they didn't actually have permits to shoot all of these exterior shots. So it's probably a good thing that we're headed to the soundstage. Uh, Which was also used to shoot the adult magazine Hustler. Do tell. So the set is actually just a Hustler photo shoot. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Yeah, it was was like a bunker-themed Hustler shoot. Yeah, bunker-themed, you know, girls in prison, that kind of thing. (laughs) Mario Batali shows up. (laughs) Mamma mia, I'm going to cook up you some Minoki. But first, I'm going to you. Mamma mia, Noki does not mean Noki. I don't know the meaning of the word Noki. Mamma mia! So once inside, they find cots, they find showers, they find food. Everything a wasteland survivor could ever want. And it turns out, of course, that we're in the lab from the beginning. Hey, did you say showers? I did, actually. Oh, boy, I sure hope Linnea quickly takes a shower. Well... You're in luck, my friend, because Butch and Trash explore around just in time to find a working shower spigot. And this is our Quigley moment number one for the film. I like it. It's a statement. In which she exclaims, well, this is weird. (laughs) And immediately threatens to take her top off. But unfortunately, she stopped short by her friend Butch. Hey guys, don't you think this whole setup is weird? I love Linnea Quigley so much, but I will never say she's actually good at acting. No, she's a terrible actress, but she's uh, willing to pop them out, so to speak. Oh, let's do that. Do you ever fantasize about dying? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying? You know, violently. She sucks at acting, but she looks good. That's uh, that's pretty much what it comes down to. You know, Linnea Quigley is like five foot flat and about 90 pounds. 
Yeah, and they actually had to buy her children's-sized boots for this movie. Because her feet are so small. That's like, God, she's just a pedophile's dream. The worst way would be for a bunch of old men to get around me and start fighting. All right, I take what I want. And eating me alive. Oh, yeah. I got a big appetite. Yeah! So Poindexter searches the medical lab with his army surplus flashlight. Even though the facility clearly still has electricity, he finds the computer, he finds the science lab, he finds all kinds of shit. But most importantly, he stumbles upon a disembodied head on the floor. But we're just going to ignore this. Yeah, well, he takes a moment to piss his pants and scream. And that's when Boss Man flies in to take control and kick that head right out of the way. And this is pretty much the last we uh, see or hear of uh, whatever that person used to be. They just kind of punt it. Out of sight, out of mind. You know what, man? That's right. And they're going to be living there for, I think they said they're going to stay there for 10 years and just avoid this head, not ask questions where the rest of the body is. They don't even kick it out the door or anything. They just kind of stuff it under a desk. Like, is it not there anymore? Imagine the movie Hereditary and, like, the daughter's head gets lobbed but the, off. But the head landed you... back in the car. Like, it landed in the back seat and they just... Yeah, but you just, like, you shove it underneath the seat. They put it on the floor and put, like, a blanket over it. Like, it's just... It's gone. We don't have to worry about that head anymore. You know, like, you go to the grocery store and you take your own bags. They just put that over top of it. So everyone retires to the mess hall for some irradiated cuisine. And this is where Trash graciously announces that it's time for a shower. And this is our Quigley moment number two. I like it. It's a statement. Where she pops him out. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, that's what I'm talking God, about. Oh, God, did she dump him out. Yeah, naturally, she strips down and invites Butch to join her. It's been like 10 fucking minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes, and I'm like, why haven't we seen her tits yet? And I got to say, even filthy with poo dirt and radiation, she still looks good. Linnea Quigley dumps out her tittery. It's, it's a sight for sore eyes. She is always a trooper, that Quigley. I love that no matter what she pops up in, you're going to see her boobs. Pops even, up, pops them out. Like Friday the 13th Part 4, she dumps them out. You almost just expect it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie called Jacko. Oh, I have. Do you remember the shower scene in that? I actually remember you lending me the DVD and saying, there is a shower scene in this movie that you really have to see. I'm a big fan of letting it quickly taking a shower. <laughs> I still have your DVD. You do? Yes. I thought you gave it back. Nope. Okay. I still have it. I'll be seeing you in a couple weeks. Forget I said that. And I have to note at this point, this movie is one hour and 12 minutes long. And roughly 30% of the runtime is devoted to Linnea Quigley showering. Yay! So Poindexter and Bossman tiptoe on the tightrope of sexual tension as they hack a computer to uncover the mystery of the lab. By which I mean, they are just randomly guessing passwords. 
Ah, yes. So Poindexter sits down in front of this computer and he pops on Oregon Trail. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he starts explaining to Captain about dysentery. Just don't ford the river. Oh, heaven help you if you get to that river. Or do. I mean, sometimes you want to lighten the load, kill a couple of kids. Increase your pace. Grueling is really the way to go if you want to get to the Willamette Valley. The Oregon Trail is a sprint, not a marathon. (laughs) It's okay. I saw it on the television. Eat that cholera. Digest that dysentery. Leave your kids behind. You got no time to waste. Crush that trail. Get to that valley. You heard it here first. BTS. A real life monopoly. Yep. And I like that you noticed the sexual tension between Captain and Poindexter too, huh? Notice it. I masturbated. Oh. So it turns out the science doctors of the past were synthesizing amino acids as a food source or whatever. Who fucking cares? Let's go back to that shower scene. All right. So at the shower scene, we have Butch standing guard. And Linnea, uh, I'm sorry, Trash is like, no, you're not. Which uh, is one of the best lines ever. You're not standing guard because you're going to join me. And this is our Quigley moment number three. Do you ever fantasize? I like it. All right. So we got Butch and Linnea in the shower together. So you know what? I like this movie because there's a little something for the ladies. Because you get full frontal Linnea Uh and you get a little side butt and side bush from Butch. Yeah. Why not? You know? God, this guy is Italian. You can tell by the way the water beads up. It's like a freshly waxed car where it just beads up. Bro. So this is where Poindexter is reading a bunch of Fallout Vault Diary entries on the computer. And he discovers experiments of the past have gone predictably wrong. Who'd have funk it? He's interrupted by a whimpering from the vents. And of course, he decides to crawl inside and find an alien hive. Hail It's some kind of fucking nest. But I think we all can just kind of assume what's going to happen to him in the next couple of minutes. What do you think? He gets bored. bored. I knew it. I called it. Yeah, he gets bored. I said Poindexter is going to be the first to die. The moment he started fucking complaining about his tendonitis and talking about the fucking rain, I go, this guy's going to be the first to die. Uh, Bursitis, I think it was. But I did hear you say that. You were correct. Yes. Bursitis. Yeah. So then Boss Man enters the bunkhouse to wake Poindexter up the next morning, and he finds... (gasps) He's perfectly fine. Yeah, he's totally normal and alive. He's a human dork. With morning wood. No! So after giving him a moment to calm his boiling blood, everyone discusses the purpose of the lab over breakfast. Yeah, they're trying to figure out exactly what it was used for. Uh, but the general consensus is <laughs> we just don't give a fuck. Yeah, nobody fucking cares. I don't care. The viewer doesn't care. None of the characters care. I'm not even following this plot at this point. Fortunately... Right about now, Poindexter goes full chest burster. Yeah, regular old alien scene. Get this guy some Pepto-Bismol, am I right, Greg? He erupts like a bloody Daniel Day-Lewis. He turns into that fucking guy from RoboCop. And they discover that food kills you 
if you're already an amino accelerator or some shit, once again, nobody cares. Is I don't fucking really care. You know what? Matter. It's the same same plot as uh, fucking seven. You Robo-Cop. know, food, yeah, food killed that fat fuck. Robocop got hit by a fucking car. Who fucking cares? Amino acids, pre-workout supplements. Who cares? We saw Linnea Quigley's tits. So far, we got ourselves a good movie. But on a better note, this is where we get our Quigley moment. What are we up to? Four? Four. Three, four, five, uh, four. Four. Let's go with four. This is where we get our Quigley moment number four. What would be the most horrible way to die? In which she says, I'm on a diet right now, okay? No more food. No more food. There you go. That's way better. <laughs> so you've been practicing that. Just old men biting at me. Boning my <laughs> So this is where they all see an open vent. The same open vent that Poindexter crawled into and got bored earlier in the film. Boss man insists he has to go in alone for some reason. Really doesn't make a lot of sense. Personal pride, some shit. Everyone just says, all right, buddy, go right the fuck ahead. Yeah, it's your funeral. Fuck you. And he finds Poindexter's army surplus flashlight in the alien nest. Meaning that he was in the alien nest. So, oh boy. So, oh boy. He's gone for about two minutes, which is way too long to be in an alien hive. So Butch goes in after him. Yeah, I also like how long it takes to film the scene of them army crawling, which is clearly a regular size room. Also, they are clearly actors and not army crawlers because they're both really fucking bad at it. It's not convincing at all. They're trying to be, like, sexy at it. It's weird. Is that what you got out of that? I mean, weren't you aroused? So Trash goes to find some firepower, but instead runs face first into a dangling corpse husk. And she catches a brief glimpse of Rawhead Rex. He's like a mix of Rawhead Rex and a Xenomorph. Yeah, but like really badly uh, made up and portrayed. Oh, so you mean he's a chud? Yeah, he sucks. He's a chud. Yeah. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground, Daniel Day-Lewis. Regular old man Sia. So Butch finds Boss Man sleeping in the nest like a jackass. And the gang analyzes the DNA of the dead bodies they just found. And what do you know? Turns out there's a fucking mutation. A mutation? A mutation. Oh, boy. Yep. Well, I mean, that's kind of obvious, but also I just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's exactly as obvious and unexciting as it sounds. It's they're just sitting in front of a computer doing a bunch of science. It went from Poindexter knowing everything to, what is her name, Kate? Doesn't matter. Okay. Blondie. So just then, they hear a noise in the warehouse. The lights go out. Butch goes to restart the generator, and we all know what's about to happen to him. He gets fucking bored. He gets bored by a rat. You're dead forever. Go fuck yourself. Wait, is this where he gets bored? Nope, he's actually still alive. Instead of getting bored to death, he just gets raped. And Boss Man shoots the assailant with a laser. And I'm just like, what the fuck? We have laser guns now? Okay, so we're about a, what, what, 45 minutes into the movie here. Yeah, We've things seen have Lin- changed. I thought they were carrying around these, like, 
Uzis. Yeah, they they looked like uh, what would you call them? Like ballistic projectile launchers. But it's just a laser gun. It's a fucking laser gun. Yeah. Like make them look a little more sciencey. Yeah. Glue something on the fucking barrel or whatever. Make them fucking silver. It's really not that hard. Yeah. Put Straight some paint lights. Paint silver. You got a laser. Roger Corman would have put lights on that shit. Strap a fucking fistful of Christmas lights to a normal nine millimeter pistol, and you got a laser gun. It's that easy. Bingo, bango. But anyway, Butch is clearly fucked up, and nobody really wants to say it, but they know he's about to turn into either a monster or a goo pile or a monstery goo pile. He's going to turn into a chud. Yeah, he turns into a tar man that really can't fucking move. He just kind of melts into the bed. That scene was awesome. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, no, no. I liked it when his eye pops and pus comes out, like yeah. shoots out like Dr. Pimple Popper. That's always fun. I like a good eye popping and very jalo. So our remaining heroes discuss leaving and or sending an SOS, but they recall that while Poindexter was still alive, he had mentioned that that's a bad idea since they are all technically AWOL soldiers. Okay, yeah, so I kind of missed that part too. And it's at yeah. that point, it's like, oh, these guys are running from the military? Yeah, and you know, it kind of explains why they're all decked out in uh, military surplus garb. Yeah, so there's a war going on outside, and they said, fuck this shit. Let's go find a bunker and just yeah. fuck the rest of our lives. We're going to retreat from the front lines, and we're going to go find a nice, safe place to hide. I hope there's no fucking mutants there. And it turns out <laughs> they really fucked up. So this movie, I think, was done by the U.S. government as propaganda to say that you can never go AWOL. Poindexter really knew that while he was alive. And that's why we come to our Quigley moment number five. I like that. It's a statement. In which she says, you know what? If he was so smart, how come he's dead? <laughs> and I got to say, good point, Linnea. Not a bad question, Bert. That's why they decide to stay and maybe kill the mutant. I don't know. We're going to give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so right now it's a battle over turf, yep. which is great because I feel like this is just two rooms and a hallway. It's really not a whole lot to this bunker. There's two rooms, a hallway, two giant mutant rats, and a six-foot-tall rawhead rex xenomorph chud. Yeah, and we're down to what? Like three or four human beings? We're down to two broads and one guy who's probably the luckiest man on earth right now. Yeah, you know, he could really play these cards right if these fucking monsters weren't there to cocklock them. And that's exactly what happens. Yep. Boss man and Butch go to the computer room where the mutant immediately assaults them and sprays corrosive jizz on all of the equipment, ensuring that they'll never make an SOS call even if they wanted to. Yeah, so apparently the mutant's power is is that he's part squid. Yeah, acid jizz. What are you, my dad? So we zoom in to Trash and Kate in the bunk room, talking about their feelings for a minute. Uh, this could have erupted into a uh, mutual shower scene, but I don't know. Maybe I thought we were going to get that. Cut. Might have been a cut scene. Who fucking knows? Who fucking cares? Because in comes Ratma. Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. Yeah, so Ratma comes in and he starts terrorizing Linnea Quigley, totally cock blocking us from seeing Kate take her top off in the shower. Yeah. Uh, we were like right there to seeing Kate's tittery. So close. Yeah. 
But instead, she just uh, she gets her neck ripped out. Yeah, no wonder why she's bad at amateur porn. Oh! Boss man shows up with the first aid kit, by which I mean a morphine shot. And Kate just ends up chasing the dragon straight to hell. Yay! Yep. Butch is dragged to the nest, where he's covered in jizz, just like a frat bro who passed out too early at the party. Yeah! Story of your life. He convulses as he turns into a tar man and dies. Trash checks on Kate, who is now a deadite. They fight. It's kind of hot. One of them dies. I don't remember which one. And I am quickly losing interest in the plot of this movie. Hey, you know what, Greg? Uh, hey. I think it's time to wrap this shit up. This is where Boss Man gets menaced in a hallway, and he totally forgets that he has a laser gun in his hand. Dumb idiot. And he just gets dragged back to the nest like the fucker that he is. Quigley finds him unconscious and is unceremoniously bored from behind by the mutant, and it's lights out for Linnea. You know, violently. And you know what? This movie might as well be over. Let's, you know what? Now that Linnea's dead, yep. I lost interest. Let's just fucking take this one away, all right? Take it away. Take it, take it to the hole. Take, take it to the hole. Take it to the hole. Take, take it to the hole. Take it to the hole. Take, take it to the hole. So boss man regains consciousness just in time to be stalked through the warehouse by the shitty Xenomorph knockoff. His stealth skills are lackluster, so he ends up getting his ass handed to him for about six hours before the mutant gets tired and goes back to the nest for a break. When it returns, it whomps on him for another day and a half, giving him the full spectrum of pro wrestling finishing moves before Boss Man finally says enough is enough and stabs it with a syringe full of his own urine. As he limps pathetically towards his doom, a gross, soggy baby emerges from the monster's and waddles towards him with what I can only assume are bad intentions. But Boss Man's paternal instinct kicks in and he casually topples the child with a stiff clothesline to the throat. We all laugh nervously as we process the concept that child abuse is in fact amusing in certain contexts, the finale of this film most definitely being one of them. He palms the baby's skull like Shaq attacking a basketball and spikes it into the nearest trash can. The world is saved. Everyone gets laid and it's... The... I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Greg, yeah. that ending was uh, extremely unnecessarily long. Yeah, that baby really just could not stop walking. Oh my God, damn it. Not just that, like the fact that Linnea Quigley, so so Trash, Trash straight up had this huge fight scene with Kate and managed to kill her by dropping like a bookshelf on her neck and stomping, stomping it. Basically, uh, Trash stomped the mud hole in this bitch and walked it dry. And then immediately after that, she got bored by this fucking xenomorph thing. And that, God damn it, there's nothing I hate more in movies like this where the final girl is a fucking dude. Like yeah. a guy that you're not even rooting for at all. Honestly, it's uh, inappropriate. It, it really is. Yeah, no, that, that ending was garbage. Yeah, fuck the end of this movie. It was uh, not great. What the fuck did uh did boss man captain pump pump that thing with like 
Was it just protein? Was it jizz? Was yeah, it? It was, it was piss. He pissed into it. It right? was piss. Okay, yeah, because yeah, amino acids. Oh God, I can't have any more of these because my body can't process it. And then Rosemary's Baby comes out, and I feel like that was just the need to get that spirit store, spirit Halloween store zombie baby yeah. uh, in the fucking movie. Like that looked great. That did look great, but how easy it was for him to kill. Like there was another five minutes of stalking between the baby and this guy. But then the dude just realizes like it dawns on him, like, holy shit, this is a baby. I could just grab it and give it the old Polish necktie where you wrap the umbilical cord around the neck. But at the same time, we get Linnea Quigley's boobs in it. We got a nice amount of gore. Okay. So uh, what score do you give this movie? Two and a half scaries out of five. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, no rewatch value at all. Nope. Uh, it's something fun to watch, I guess, if you're really stoned. Uh, but, I mean, eh, eh. You know, I completely understand that uh, noise I just made. Yeah. Yeah, it's an eh. It's an eh. Yeah. So I got to agree with you. There's some tittery. There's a baby getting smashed. Uh, there's a laser gun, so that counts for something. Yeah, that's cool. But holy shit, this movie does not have a lot to offer. Um, as a fan of Linnea Quigley, I've got to give it some points, obviously. Obviously. But the framework around it, the uh, the special effects, the costumes, the set, it all just kind of sucks, man. This is not a good movie. Creepazoid. The bombastity of that title, if I can uh, create a word here it lends itself to something a little more zany, I think is what I expected. Yeah, something, absolutely. Something a absolutely. little wilder, something more like a splatter fest. Uh, this uh, should have been like a futuristic street trash, like yeah. that kind of feel. Yeah, it should have uh, been more wacky, I think is what it, I was Yeah, absolutely. For. It should have been wacky. It should have been zany. The dialogue should have been silly and not trying to be serious and trying to sound smart. Yeah, instead, I think they, they tried to develop the characters, didn't work. They tried to keep the monster in the shadows, keep it kind of mysterious, much like uh, the first Alien movie. Didn't work. No. Um, thank God for that shower scene, you know what I mean? So, oh, uh, God, yeah. Five out of five. That's fair. Okay. I, like I said, I think it should have been, Linnea should have been the final girl. Honestly, ideally, Kate should have been the final girl. There is literally nothing else to say about this shit. So, uh, hey, man. Uh, what do you think of for next week? So let's conclude Fummer. Yeah. Let's drop one more werewolf movie. All right. The the thrilling, sorry, the thrilling fun fusion to the Fummer fiesta. Yeah. There better be some fucking wolves in it. That's all I have to say. There better, oh yeah, we need a movie with a lot of wolves. Yeah, like a ton of wolves. Oh my god, we need a movie with so many fucking wolves. Like too many wolves. This 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 should be brimming with wolves. The movie should be called Too Many Wolves. I want to get lupus just from watching this shit. <laughs> so with that said, why don't you love each other? Hey, why don't you care for one another? But most importantly, <gasps> keep Eric That's scary. A lesser man would have called it Korean. Put a hoagie in it, will you? Can the episode name be Damn That's Kramer? <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. I like it. It's a staple. Yeah! Hey, old Rock Rock. I need my Jacko DVD back. Rock me, roll me, Jacko me off. Yeah, rock me, Amadeus. Okay.